0: using money as a modality to bring you more freedom in life whoo it's episode 70 with bridget boucher on the no boring stories podcast let's get into it welcome to the no boring stories podcast you know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience clarify your message and grow your business and impact like never before That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I got my first bank account when I was 12 years old, a shiny red bank card, and I don't think it had more than $100 in it for the next... 10 years? (laughs) I don't know. That's probably a problem. Today on the show, we've got Bridget Boucher. She is a CFO for entrepreneurs, a seeker of expansion, and her soulful approach to personal, professional, and financial development has proven to be refreshing, not just during times of uncertainty, but for our emergence into this next chapter. She brings this real amazing mixture of like you know, the left and the right brain, the logic and the heart of it all. Bridget and I share this incredible story together of um, this significant transformative moment that if you know my story, you know that one of my transformative moments was at a mastermind. Well, she shares that same moment and we get into that and, and what we both experienced through that. But more importantly, we open up her whole story and who she was as a kid, how that shaped her wanting to make choices instead of feeling trapped to get to this place where she reached the pinnacle and then what? You're going to love this story and this conversation if you feel like somebody else is writing your story. If you feel like you are trapped in a world you didn't design for yourself and you are desperate to find freedom, potential, and possibility, Bridget is for you. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Bridget Boucher. Bridget, how are you doing?
1: I'm so great. It's so good to see you. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: My absolute pleasure. I'm just glad that you accepted the invitation. It's it's one of those, you're one of those people that's like, okay, yeah, I want to, I want her to be on. Like I really, really want her to, be not that the other people I don't want to be on, but you know, you invite people to a party or like, everyone's going to be great. You, you like help the party move, don't
1: you? Ooh, let's, let's shake it up then. I like that. <laughs>
0: Is that what happens? Do you find that that's, do people say that about you that like you show up to a, like a party and it's like, oh, okay. Something just shifted.
1: You know, I kind of feel like I've always gone by your energy speaks before you do. So I mm. try to walk into a place kind of feeling in a certain level meeting people where they are, but always wanting to lift them up a little bit.
0: That's amazing. Your energy speaks before you do. That reminds me, that makes me think of my mom, first of all, because that this is what I would say about her. She would enter a room and heads would turn and like, you know, people across the room. It wasn't because of her fancy hat, though sometimes yes, but it was because, yeah, there was a shift. Something <laughs> just entered the space. Someone. Um, but what's so fascinating about you, as I open this up, is you're not, I would say, you're not like me, in that I show up in a room like, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you have this... And I noticed this the first time that you spoke in front of a group at Fast Foundations Mastermind, you took the microphone and you spoke and it certainly wasn't over the top, but you had this like gravitas, this like demanding attention uh, aspect to you. Is that what that was? Was it, is it, is it your energy? Is it something that you bring that just when you show up, when you stand up, we want to listen?
1: You know, gosh, I hope so. I think that's really um, interesting. And I think that's evolving all the time. You know, I remember the exact moment that you're speaking of, and I'd be lying if I didn't say that you get up there and you're kind of like shaking a little bit inside. However, you hope that you can project out in a way that's inviting, relatable, but also with some conviction, because Mm -hmm. uh, the room that you're speaking of, we were getting up and kind of sharing a little bit about who we were as entrepreneurs or who we thought we were at that time. Let's be honest. Yes, come on. <laughs> um, and and so I appreciate that. I do remember you sharing that with me and it meant the world to me. And I know we both had similar transformative experiences throughout that time that we spent in that first um, room with those entrepreneurs. And, you know, it, and, and it brought us here, which I think is the coolest full circle kind of mm-hmm. moment about not just unveiling your story but being able to translate it into a way that is meaningful to the ears of the listeners
0: yeah well that's the magic isn't it is not just speaking but speaking for a purpose and speaking Mm -hmm. with clarity speaking that's the power of words this is what i was just saying this to somebody she was like i i just i've always loved movement she's a pilates instructor i was like you say that and shrug your shoulders but I would never say that <laughs> like, it's like Whatever, you I've project- seen your dance
1: moves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, great. I love movement, no doubt, but <laughs> that's not like my passion. You know, right. I think if I could say I love performing or I, I love speaking and somebody else would be like, what do you mean speaking? I was like, no, no, no. The power that words have, the power of performing the power of this to change something about someone but I feel like, yes, you're, you just drew that out of me right now, so well done there. but I think that there's something else. There's something you would even probably say something different about that, of like, what's mm-hmm. the thing that you like love seeing happen, or that you mm-hmm. use almost as your tool to make yeah. an impact in this world.
1: Ooh, I love this so much. We all, for all the listeners out there that are, uh, whether an entrepreneur or not, like we all have a modality with which we serve, you know, we may be trying to create some sort of transformation or help somebody reduce the learning curve, whatever it is. But like, mm-hmm. to me, it's these click moments. It's these really empowering moments that I like to see people step into their power. My modality is money, right? I'm a CFO. Yeah. My modality is money. I want to simplify it for you. I want to change the conversation from a place of like, um, fear and shame to potential impossibility. And Mm -hmm. so I like those moments when I can start to see that shift. Those are what I live for as an educator, as somebody who lives to inspire and empower about a resource that can kind of get like a little bit of a a reputation, depending on how we grew up, you know, around these stories around money. So those are my favorite moments, you know, like I always Mm -hmm. say money's the modality with which I serve, but it doesn't mean that all of the other parts of me don't come into play. And I see that in you. And I see that in a lot of people that, you know, we might lead with this modality, but we end up bringing so much more of the experience because we're no longer hiding parts of ourselves, right? Yeah. We're actually unveiling the, the true um, essence, the fullest expression of who we are. And that comes through no matter what your modality is, which uh-huh. I think is the coolest part about this chapter in a lot of our lives is we're kind of getting rid of some of that stuff that we've been holding on to too long.
0: I start with story. I'll start with hey let's let's dive into your story but of course as soon as we do that and do that honestly it unpacks all kinds of stuff now we're talking about purpose now we're talking about your fear why are you not sharing this what's really behind this it's not just clarity there's actually some story back there that makes you believe that you're not good enough to speak up and and do something that that's impactful and important um yeah we open up a whole a whole box of of stored away stuff as soon as we just open the door. And um so for you, you might show up and say, I love money. And we're like, of course. We all love money. <laughs> Are <you> kidding me <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. I love what money can do. And we're like, I love what money can do as well. Yeah, great. It can get me food and can do you're like, no, no, no. I love that when we tap into money and understand what money story you have in your life. What that can do to set you
1: free—is mm. that right? Absolutely. You know, it's mm. interesting because how you have your money story and how you bring it into your business. So I support business owners. You know, so we talk mostly about the operations of the business and how to use it as a tool. But it's like it—it it really is part of your entire ability. It's—it's it's one of the main resources beyond time that you have to be able yeah. to reach these emotions, um, the feelings of success that you want, the good that you want to do in the world, right? we can all yeah. donate our time and that's a very valuable commendable um, you know way to contribute to society however mm-hmm. money's renewable time's not so you can generate more money you can do more good in the world wow
0: with the time that you have mhm <laughs> yeah, yes. so it amplifies the time that you have yeah actually that time yeah. that you're giving oh boy, okay this is look we could go into this which is great, but I want to know why. I want to know why you get to this point. Who is the person that gets to the point where where you show up in this way as you do, um, helping people in such wildly transformative ways in their individual lives and the businesses that they're running on such an incredible scale the way that you are? Uh, when we'll just open this up. you know, you kind of gave your definition of what you do. Uh, what does that look like? Like, what what does your what's the main work that you're actually bringing to the world right now? And, and how do you see that impacting the people that you're working with? If we haven't already defined that yet?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's really interesting. I built my entire career on numbers, I was just managing other people's money, I was working in, in corporate America. And it was a fantastic path. It served me very well for over 15 years. Um, and then there was something inside of me that felt unlived. And I decided that that wasn't the path that was going to carry me through to reach whatever was missing, whatever I Mm -hmm. felt was missing. And so, um, you know, where Alex and I met was in a mastermind. It was my first mastermind. I believe it was your first mastermind, right? I mean,
0: who are you now?
1: Mm. Okay. I am a CFO for entrepreneurs. There we go. (laughs) So I have a team member and we support all the money things for scaling business owners.
0: And when that happens with scaling business owners, you help them support them with all their money things that helps them then feel what?
1: Like they have a sustainable business model. You know, it's interesting. People go into, um, start a business because they have a passion and and they're really excited about the gifts that they're delivering to the world and they're flying and their marketing Mm -hmm. may be working, Mm -hmm. but they just, they're flying blind. And so we give them a map to be able to help them make financial decisions. And it feels really good for somebody that's creative to feel like there's a structure in place because in structure, you can find freedom.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Structure allows for the spirit to move. Come on. This is, uh, this is it. So, so freedom. So you Mm -hmm. said, you know, like I, we give them this, we give them, um, a handle on that. We give them a map, but then I think you just came down to the last word there. We give them a structure so that they can have freedom is that it is it when you know when you're helping the scaling business owner ultimately you're doing dealing with money talking about their resources talking about where they're putting it how they're how they're using it would they come out at the end and say oh my goodness i feel like i have freedom is that it
1: yeah so in structure i find freedom actually came from one of my clients she said that in one of our last sessions and it really dawned on me, you know, your clients will give you the feedback of the emotion and the transformation that you create. You might feel like you know it, but when you hear it from their own words, it really resonates mm-hmm. a lot deeper. So that's where I find the most um, value in, it because you think about some, you know, your well-being, your self-care, mm-hmm. managing your money is a form of self-care, and all that means is by definition. If you're not managing your money, and it's causing you to lose sleep at night, and you have some anxiety around it, or you have some stressors, well, then you're not actively managing it. And as a result of that, your well being can suffer. So there's a lot of emotional um, pieces tied to money, and it's not going anywhere. Right? It's a resource that we need to live. So it's best to start that working on that relationship now.
0: So, okay, so now we get to go back in the story here. If there's something mm-hmm. here about what you do now and how you show up right now, Bridget, that is ultimately leading towards this sense of of peace, of freedom. Sounds like of um what were the words you said earlier? But Pot- uh potential and
1: yeah, potential and possibility instead yeah. of fear and shame. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: So, I mean, you're giving us the, the transformation right there. (laughs) It's so easy, but so if that's kind of where we are, and then you were starting to tell this story, you were starting to talk about a mastermind and you told us that you were in finances for 15 years. Um, I, I think that's the middle part of the story. Where does it begin? Where does this idea of freedom of potential and possibility for you begin, um, you know, was it growing up? Was it like, what was instilled in you around, whether it's around money specifically or kind of a way of life? Where does, what shows up for you early on?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I grew up in a small town, Northern Minnesota, and I just, I knew that I wasn't going to stay there. I don't know what it was inside me, but there was a curiosity, um, basically, that I wanted to create some opportunity for myself. I wanted to have choices. I wanted to have options. Mm-hmm. And all I ever heard was in order to create that life for yourself, you had to create a path out. and for me, that meant an education, right mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. stable job. Like that was the traditional path, you know that was what what was laid out in front of me. So that's where it really started from. I thought, oh, I've got to get my education, I've got to get my career going. I've got to make some money so that I can have the yeah. choices to live wherever I want to do whatever I want. Um, there's nothing were wrong there with people that you path. were
0: watching that did that like was there like just like no just like grandma did or whatever no it's just that's, no. this is just this the story that's told by the elders around the fire like is that
1: yeah it? it's really interesting i had people very responsible working hard-working people in my family um nobody really moved out of state. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of that if they even you know, went to college and pursued that path. So there, that's the interesting part about it for me is I think I was driven enough at a young age just based on the environment that I was in. And, and just what that meant was there was kind of an unpredictability because I was part of a, a product of a divorce at a very young age. So I was going back and forth between two very different households, which gave right. me a level of unpredictability. And I thought, how do I even this out? Like, how do I take control how do I take ownership of this? And what that looked like for me was just a, a path that I could own that yeah. would give me choices. And for me, that's where it started. Um, there was not somebody honestly that I can remember yeah. anyway that was like, I'm going to do what he or she did. Mm-hmm. It really, really was something within. And I think, you know, some sort of divine plan for that. <laughs>
0: I go into it open that up wherever you want to this is I, I love the idea of um instability and and like so there's almost like but you said it wasn't that you were looking for like stability it wasn't the the opposite of what you had you just wanted the ability to have choice mm-hmm. just to choose mm-hmm. um I just think of, uh, you know, how many people are relating to that story right now, hearing that and going like, yeah, that was my li-. Like, of course, as a kid, you don't have many choices. You know, if the choice is, do you want blueberry or strawberry yogurt, then like, that's enough for the day. Like, but everything else, you, you don't have, <laughs> that's the thing when kids have to grow up too fast, it's when they start to have to make decisions. And here you are, kind of not in control of where you are at any given moment. It sounds like, and the thing that you crave most is I'm going to create my, my own path.
1: Yeah. You know, when you're young and you start to realize that your behavior matters and what gets you gold stars makes you feel good. And so you do more of that. And I kind of recognized early on that academics were something that I enjoyed and math Mm. being one of them. And so I just, you know, you keep doing the things that make you feel good. And when people tell you that that's the path and they see a lot of potential in you, I think you just go, how far can I go? just because the path isn't laid out for me, how, what would happen if I just kept going? What if I didn't Mm -hmm. follow somebody else's path? And I think that's where it kind of started. And I've always been a little bit of a pendulum swinger, a little bit of a gold star chaser, (laughs) a little bit of that. So I just went for it.
0: And so, you know, went for it means you just decided to go all in on accounting on what, like,
1: It was like, okay, so here's what um, the plan would be if you wanted to go ahead and be quote unquote successful. So there's a traditional term of success that kind of was implied back in that time, at least in my world, that was Mm -hmm. like, this is what it looked like. So I went all in on the four-year accounting degree. I went all in on the corporate job, went all in on relocating for the corporate job, You know, just doing all the right things.
0: Did that feel mm-hmm. like you were in control of those choices? You're like, yeah, good. I accomplished that. Celebrate that four-year degree. Wow, I got the yeah. job. Celebrate. Like, did that feel um, like that was your own movement?
1: Um, it did during the time. Yeah, it definitely yeah. did. I was really excited about the opportunities that were coming. And mm-hmm. I realized that I was helping create those opportunities and I just wanted more and more and more. And as I got on that, like a call, my path, the moving walkway, and it just kind of kept rapidly picking up speed. Um, and, and I kept doing the things and reaching the next milestone. I did this in career. I did this in running. I, you know, like yeah. all kinds how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So you start to see how this behavior happens. You like the feeling of the outcome, and then you just keep doing it. And it's a
0: gold star, I did yeah. love
1: it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's and it's interesting, as you said, yeah, back then that's how I felt. I think that's that's Mm -hmm. so many of our like, you know, reserve judgment on your past self, right? Like, have Mm -hmm. grace for where you were because Mm -hmm. you, yeah, there was this sense of like, this is what I've been working towards. I'm here. This Mm -hmm. is great. This is what I want to do. I remember saying, I'm going to be a youth pastor for life. This is the way, baby. Yeah. And very quickly I realized, this isn't the way.
1: Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so
0: then you shift but at some point you are all in as you say and and then well you know tuesday happens and we don't know when it's gonna happen or what's gonna Mm -hmm. happen but something shifts along the way to kind of wake you up maybe Mm -hmm. is it an awakening what was it for you what was it a conversation what what shifted things to make you realize that's not actually what my soul was
1: yeah, it's really funny that it. you say that because you know, it was about 6 years ago that or longer that that happened for me and I didn't have language for it at the time. So when you mm. say it now it's like I I don't know that I, it was probably an awakening it was a tapping it was an yeah. an unsettled feeling but I didn't know how to describe it at the time because I hadn't really done a whole lot of inner work or self-discovery because I just knew myself as this person that was on this path and I couldn't yeah. quite I couldn't quite shed some of the layers that I needed to, to really see myself. And so there was a point you said, you said it, you nailed it. It's like you, you do all these things, you get these accolades and you reach these milestones and you do feel good. So it's not a confusion at all when you're on the journey Yeah. where it gets really confusing is when you realize it's no longer what you thought it was, or it's no longer what you want. And then you start to say, well, man, I worked, I went all in on this. How do I even trust myself to take the next step if I thought this was what I wanted? Mm -hmm. And now I come to find out that it really isn't. Where the hell do I go from here? And so there was a a period of about a year where that awakening, as you call it, like was happening. I was -hmm. confused. I wasn't sure why I wasn't enjoying it as much as I used to. I wasn't sure why my, you know, my patience was getting a little thinner, why I felt frustrated instead of excited sometimes going into an office and, and being, you know, feeling like you're being all the things to all people, but yet inside you're, you're just feeling kind of dark.
0: And just for context, the, the position that you're holding at this time over this year of like discomfort and confusion, mm-hmm. um, where are you, what are you doing?
1: Um, I was a CFO here in Atlanta. So for a company right. here in Atlanta, um, a couple of different financial positions but yeah that was the time frame um
0: right mm-hmm. so we're like at the top,
1: <laughs> top and
0: yep. and then face this like what's going on here this mm-hmm. doesn't feel right anymore i just want to be conscious that there's somebody there you know somebody listening to this right now that is right now in your then does mm-hmm. that make sense that yeah. that they are where you were and are sensing either a shift is coming or they're in that state of confusion and yeah, may not know how to identify that or language to put to what things can you, as you look back now, um, help us understand like, you know, whether it's a moment, That you're like oh this was it it was when i was you know driving down this street at this time and i saw this person happy and i knew that i would never feel like you know what i mean like what's Mm -hmm. what comes to mind that helped you or you look back now and you're like oh that thing that moment i would now define as this high achieving entrepreneurs and public speakers this is for you you know that you've got something important to do here, but why in the world are you doing it? And even if you know why, how do you talk about that? That's why I'm so excited to invite you into my one-on-one story coaching process. Through this three-month journey, we will go into intensive sessions to uncover your story, turn it into a message that matters, and then create content specific to your context and business today. I have worked with dozens of clients that have experienced major transformation through this experience, and more importantly, have discovered the transformation that they have already gone through in their life. Because when you know how you have transformed, you can communicate that so your audience knows how you can transform them too. Look, 96% of consumers buy based on emotions, and if storytelling is our greatest tool to spark an emotional response, then you better learn to tell your story today, and one-on-one story coaching is the best way to do it. Go to alexstreet.ca to get the conversation started, or reach out to me on Instagram at street says and say I'm interested in one-on-one. Let's talk.
1: Yeah, I would. I would say if anybody's listening, I'm kind of going, "Am I there? Hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure." Um, your body will tell you there, there are some things in your body, whether it's, um, you know, you've heard gut reaction or you, you can tell that when you're some things that you used to enjoy, or you used to get energy from now become something that drains energy from you. Hmm. And so I started to notice the emotions and the feelings first, as far as like an actual moment, um, You know, I think there was a couple, you know, I resigned three different times. So like if anybody's out there saying, oh, she had an aha moment and then she was just done. It's like, (laughs) no, I mean, I am supposed to be the most risk averse person. I'm the fiduciary of a company, remind you, in charge Uh of all the numbers. Like, it's not like I am so reckless, right? So I did listen to this gut feeling in my body three different times. I resigned three different times before it stuck. So it may be, I mean, but that was what I needed. That was the time that was right for me. So if you start to feel these things in your body and you start to find drain and leakage of your energy versus something that lights you up and fills you up, those are signs. But you'll see in your reaction, because hmm. for me, if, I, if I'm putting myself in an environment, and this goes for anybody in any situation, a relationship, a career, if I yeah. put myself in an environment... Where I'm like, I don't like myself in that environment, or I don't like myself around that person, or I don't like the way that I feel or the things that I say. Like, this is not my highest self. Like, I'm actually not feeling um, like this is the frequency I want to operate at. That is, that is a true tell sign. And you're not mm-hmm. going to last there long, honestly, whatever that is in a relationship or a career, because it's going to come out like it's going to fall out somehow. Because yeah. the other person or the people are going to feel it as well. So it started with me with an emotion. Um, then it turned into the reactions. and then it got to the point where I almost couldn't unsee it. Like I almost felt like I am not doing this company justice by operating at this frequency because I'm no longer enjoying it. And mm. somehow some way the bottom's gonna fall out, and I'd rather take control of that and do, you know honor the company and the people that had were employing me. I gave them a four month resignation.
0: The first time or the third time?
1: (laughs) The first time was four months. The second time was they talked me into paying. And then the third time was six months. Those are two different companies. (laughs) But I mean, I share this and and we share this like whoever's listening because it's not a perfect journey. It's just yours. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Mm. It's not always just this textbook. It's not about living through the means of these quotables. Real life can get kind of messy. But hell, it's your mess. So embrace it, all the pieces of it. And that's why we're sharing it from such a raw place.
0: Yeah, I love that even as you say that, you're like, it's not it's not perfect. It's not the quotable tiles. You gave us like three perfect quotable, <laughs> like tweetable <laughs> things there. Like, it's not perfect. It's yours. It's, <laughs> um, and what, was fascinating about what you were just saying there about, you know, the things to look out for, right? That's what I was asking is like for somebody in that position, what are they looking out for? And and you gave some really clear specifics. Uh, and and I think it all kind of spoke to this this point that you mentioned right at the beginning, which was your energy speaks before you do. And so there's something about, you know, the energy as you show up into a room, like they're going to notice, you're going to notice anything, but but it's recognized feeling that. And, and those are going to be the signs that say, Something needs to shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you explore that, again, you said six years ago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you start to look at this and you're like, I'm resigned. What were you resigning to? You know, you, you, that first time that you handed that letter, was that nerve wracking?
1: Oh, yeah, I was. it was tear filled. I felt very guilty, honestly, because... right. At that time, I had not let myself get to the point where they necessarily noticed it was very internalized. Mm-hmm. So you feel bad because they're like, but you're doing a great job, but you handle all these things, but your team loves you. Or you you start to hear all this stuff outside and you're like, that's great, but something inside me is disconnected. So yeah, it was very emotional for me the first time. Um, it got easier as I went on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just take some practice. <laughs> uh, so then, so the third time you're like, look, I'm out six months. See you later. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I would love for you to fill in the story here, right? Because, you know, from there and, and you were teasing with this, this moment at the mastermind, mm-hmm. um, which was what, two and a half years ago, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, something happens along the way or along that journey, just, just kind of fill in this story here of how this this transformation occurred, this, this tipping point that shifted you to become who you are now and how you're showing up now.
1: Yeah, it was really, there was a turning point. And it was when I really started to realize that what I left corporate for and what I actually was living was very different. It was, and what I mean by that is I was playing really small when I left corporate and it wasn't really a sustainable plan. I didn't feel good about myself. I had doubts about how far I could go. Um, I wasn't sure about my business model. I just didn't have anybody around me. Like, yeah, it's interesting, the circle, this is why you're so good at what you do. Like <laughs> you said, was there anybody around you growing up that emulated this type of journey? And I said, uh-huh. no, there wasn't. And here I find myself later as an adult, as a corporate dropout, if you will, um, sitting in that same space of kind of going like, you know, this, this must be what people do because I don't know, nobody's showing me any different. It's very isolating when you're an entrepreneur. So hmm. the turning point that you're talking about is where I invested in myself for the first time because I just knew I needed to bite the bullet. I knew I needed to, you know, it was expensive. The ticket price was steep for me at the time. And I just knew that I needed skin in the game and I needed to get in the space with people that were thinking bigger, that were not like, you know settling for the status quo that were gonna show me what was possible um, but what I went in with was thinking I was going to be this fractional corporate CFO. And that was what I was going to do. I was just going to do it at a bigger scale. Well, I got news for anybody listening. If you leave <laughs> a company <laughs> and you go, then try to do the same thing, just without a boss, you're going to find that same misalignment. Like you mm-hmm. haven't changed enough in your life. And that's what the mastermind taught me is, wow, there's a different way to serve people. There's a different way to connect. There's a whole bunch of passion filled in these communities in these rooms of people that are going to stretch you. And if you go in with an open mind, you're likely going to come out with something different than you thought you would. And that's the sign in my eyes of a good mastermind. So it was very impactful.
0: I love, uh, there's this piece about, you just said, you know, you're leaving something so that you can do the same thing without a, without a boss. Uh, John Acuff, one of my favorite authors, he, he says, you know, it, people go into entrepreneurship because they don't want a boss. And what they realize is that now you've got 150 bosses because (laughs) every one of your clients is now your boss. You work for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just such a, you gotta be careful of that. Um, and of course we've all, we've recognized that we've realized that. Um, and, and you have to manage yourself now and it's a whole different journey, but to get into the room for you, that was about, yes, you made a decision internally, individually this seems like the right space for me to get into because you know what?
1: This is another full circle thing. This is why I love talking to you. If you haven't talked to Alex, you need to go talk to him because this is what happens <laughs> in, in real life sessions, right? So when yeah. I was thinking about like resigning three times, I also did this mastermind three times. And each one okay. had a different chapter, had a different phase. I've never said this out loud. I've never thought about it this way. But this is why conversations like this are so powerful as you unpack and you discover really the pieces that got you here and you honor them as they should. So I did the mastermind. The first one, I would just describe as holy shit, what am I doing? Do I belong here? All these people seem to know what they're doing. That's where I met you, Alex. A lot of just like, just kind of eye opening experience. Definitely a lot of tears, right? Mm -hmm. The second round, I stepped into my power. Uh, the pandemic hit. I was able to step in as an advisor for all of the paperwork and different things that needed to be done. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing. Right, Some world shut down. Um, was voted like MVP. Right. So yeah. I went from like the scared little girl who who does belong here to stepping into my power because there was an opportunity there, and I had been able to build up um, enough confidence to use my voice and to use my skill set because I knew I could help people. I was really scared for these people that didn't know. You know, we were all scared. That I was a crazy that- time
0: you got MVP in that,
1: yeah. in that group, in that
0: round. That's amazing.
1: And okay. then the next round was the virtual one. And that yeah. one was a little bit different where I started. Um, you know, So each one had a season, had a phase um, that were very critical to my journey. I could skip none of them and be where I am, right? Everything is kind of like built off of the one prior. And I think that that's really important to acknowledge is that like, just because a container lasts or a session or a coaching or mentorship program lasts four weeks or 12 weeks or four months, doesn't necessarily mean that that is the end of your journey, right? You have to then take it and say, where am I now? Did I finish what I started? Do I need more? Have I, have I made some sort of directional change? Um, And I think that takes a lot too. I remember saying that when I reinvest, I'm like, Nope, didn't finish what I started just getting started. Got to go again.
0: That is it's like you're repeating back to me, my journey, which is just so fascinating. Again, right. This is, this just keeps opening up for us. We just keep going, are you kidding me? We're on the same path. And it's, uh, (laughs) because yeah, so we end up in that same first one. And for me, that was like, we took money out of savings to make that happen. We didn't know what it was. First mastermind, first taste of entrepreneurship at all. Getting in that room. First time I ever felt like I really did not belong in this space. And, like, I, I snuck into the corner. Like, I, I went small, which is clearly not me. Um, And then whatever happened through that, that sort of exploration, I took the next round off, which you entered into, and I guess that's okay. where you got end up getting voted most valuable for the group. Okay. Then I came back into what would have been your third round was my second round, and I experienced that same thing that you just said. <laughs> and I showed up, and it was like, okay, well, I'm just – I understand more of what I'm doing. I understand more of who I am. I'm going to be completely fearless, ask every question I have, share all my feelings, and guess what? At the end, I got voted <laughs> the MVP.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know you're, you can't see me, but I'm cheering over here because I am so – like it is. Everybody's kind of a mirror, right? And it, it's so true. I, I completely – we have – a parallel experience in Uh our own way, in our own modality. And I think it's just a power. It's a powerful truth and a testament to what can happen Uh when you surround yourself with the right people and you start to break away some of the limiting beliefs that you have for yourself and take massive action. That's literally what Alex and I both did in our own modality. And Uh here we are talking about it in such a way that you probably couldn't have convinced either one of us on the first day that we met that a couple years later, we'd be sitting here having a conversation like this, really owning our journey and being yeah. able to share it. I, I, it's beautiful. I love it.
0: I love even your, again, how you said you showed up in that second round was helping, you know, like with the finances and that sort of like the, the whatever, however you could help in that scary time of pandemic life and what's mm-hmm. life going to look like talking about modality. You used what you had. And again, in my second round, what happened, I think the reason that, that, there was value that people felt value from my presence was because what was I doing? I was saying, hey, let's get on a call and I'll, let's talk through your story. And I helped, I just brought what I had. And doing that in such a way, it's not that mine was more valuable than anybody else's gift or anything like that. It was just something about that was the right way and helped, again, this is my story, my journey, right? And what I noticed in that was when I show up with what I've got, um, that's when the biggest impact is made. Oh, 100%. This is what I want to make sure we do, because I know that podcasts and especially chats between friends on podcasts, they can seem like it's a, it's an A and B conversation. But of course, we're doing this so that people listening can find themselves in this journey as well. And I think you know, the way that you just wrapped it up in saying like, look, when you're willing to get into the room, when you make a step like that, you focus on that journey and you open up to all of the growth that's supposed to happen there. That's when, yeah, you find yourself a year and a half later talking about things you never thought would happen. And I just want to make sure that people hear that, that this isn't just about me and Bridget right now. This is about you and what our story can teach, I guess right?
1: Yeah. It's that whole possibility that that potential kind of thing. Um, I would imagine anybody that's out there listening has felt stuck or trapped or in, you know, voluntarily or involuntarily, um, found themselves in a position where they've needed to make a decision that could be a little life-changing and whatever that means. And, you know, these are all things, these are universal, like these Mm -hmm. fears, these ability to bet on yourself, whether it's time or money. Um, to step into the fear and have a conversation with somebody that you might think has it all figured out, but really was right, right where you are at some point, you know, like we're still yeah. on the journey. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that does exactly what you said and just kind of shows that it's a journey and it's not just isolated to me or Alex.
0: <laughs> yeah. So where does this go for you going forward? Where do you see this story heading, you know, future chapters and, you know, you mm-hmm. get to write it, you kind of get to to make this up as mm-hmm. you go. So, uh, you know, best guess, or maybe more educated than that, where do you, where do you see this going?
1: Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's fun to be able to have the pen, <laughs> like you said, like yeah. you get to write it. It's so cool. And I know that's <laughs> such a like cliche thing. But like, when you, when you do take actions that allow you to create the choices and the opportunities for yourself, it's, it's empowering, right? So I've started this, I've been serving entrepreneurs, um, building it, clarifying who I work with, how I serve um, is important as who I serve. So I tend to work with people that are on a self-discovery journey that are business Mm owners. So I see that growing. I see that growing tremendously. It's a very relationships, type of business money you know it's money people uh-huh. um associate stories with that you know it's like giving me your medical history or sometimes people would prefer to give me their medical history versus their actual money story <laughs> 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 and i really noticed that um wow That's i can good. make the most impact when i work with um entrepreneurs who are pretty heart-centered creative mission-driven all of that So I see that growing. I also see a lot of this journey being shared um, on stages, on podcasts, um, because I know I'm not alone. And I know that we're all better That when we share. I know there's been a lot of voices and a lot of speeches and different things that have helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still unpacking a lot of my journey with my heritage, with my family, with my upbringing. And I tend to want to share from that space because it's really important to me that if anybody had, you know, you spin your, you feel like you kind of spin your wheels, but you do it really in the right amount of time. It's for you. Yeah. Um, but I know that when people are feeling stuck and making decisions like this, I want to be able to have give them a place to go. So there's speeches, there's podcasts, there's a book, in me. Um, that's coming soon.
0: Wow. <laughs> the trailer. We just saw the <laughs> the big yeah. Universal Studios trailer for Bridget <laughs> the Future. <laughs> So if somebody, um, is feeling right now, like somebody else is, somebody else has the pen in their hands in their life. Um, they don't have the choices. They don't feel like they're making the choices. They feel that stuckness, that trapped, um, afraid and they want, obviously, they want this potential, this possibility, this freedom that you not only have described for us through your story, through this journey of like getting to exactly where you wanted and then feeling this void and wondering what it is, this confusion, and then choosing step after step and saying, nope, not finished yet, not finished yet, not finished yet, to get to the point where you're at now, obviously knowing you're not finished yet, but freely going forward with bigger vision than ever before they are sitting there feeling, I find myself here and I want to be, I want to feel what she's feeling. How are they going to connect with you? How are they going to start that conversation?
1: Oh yeah. How are they going to connect with me? (laughs) I, yeah, it's, you know, I, I show up most authentically, you know, on Instagram. I mean, that's right. really where I share. Um, that's where I'm the most authentic. I'm on LinkedIn as well, but it might there might be some less cuss words <laughs> when I'm on <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have um, a deep desire. There's something that is a core value of mine is it, it's connection. And I love to be able to connect with people as they're on different parts of their journey. So Instagram was the best way for, for me. I I honestly believe that if we're out there to actually share our stories, then there is, there is a need to be able to understand and help help people feel seen where they are. Mm-hmm. And and the way to do that to me is to be able to connect through either words or messaging or engagement yeah. of some sort.
0: And again, to come back to the very beginning of this, I think that you have that ability um, uh, in, in a really, you know, beyond understanding of, uh, a place beyond understanding that you can do that very quickly with people. You see them, you hear them, and and you want to, it's very evident. Mm-hmm. What you care most about is the person. Um, and so I thank you for what you do. I thank you for sharing your story, the work that we've done together, and so much for the back and forth that we have here where we, it just it just flows and it just feels like, yes, of course, we're in this together and what you brought to, you know, this audience today, I am incredibly grateful for, I'm sure they will be as well. And then I just wanna thank you for your time here today.
1: Thank you, Alex, you are a true gem. I, I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation. So please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.